when we talk about productivity as a lifestyle, it's not just about doing more. It's about being more. It's about cultivating a mindset where productivity is seamlessly integrated into our daily routines, our decisions, and our interactions. It's about weaving the principles of productivity into the very fabric of our lives, making them as natural and habitual as our morning cup of coffee. Welcome to the Personal Mastery and Growth Podcast, where we explore the keys to unlocking your full potential and living your best life. I'm your host, Jose Johnson. Whether you're looking to make a breakthrough, overcome a challenge, or simply live with greater clarity, joy, and purpose, you'll find the tools and inspirations you need right here. So let's start your journey towards personal mastery and growth right now. Welcome back to the Personal Mastery and Growth Podcast, your go-to resource for practical tips, insightful research, and inspiring stories to help you unlock your full potential. I'm your host, Jose Johnson, and I am an expert in the fields of mindfulness, mindset, and peak performance, and I am so excited to have you here with me today. And today, we're embarking on a journey to maximize our productivity in the new year. We'll explore why productivity often seems like a mythical beast, hard to catch and even harder to tame and how we can harness its power for personal and professional growth. So let's roll up our sleeves and dive right in. Let's start by debunking some myths. First off, productivity isn't about doing more things. It's about doing the right things at the right time. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon, a consistent, steady effort towards efficiency. Now, let's look at another common myth. Today's work culture often equates longer hours with more productivity and success. But is that really the case? Let's turn to some eye-opening research from Stanford University. Economics professor John Pensavel found something very surprising. When we work more than 50 hours a week, our hourly productivity takes a nosedive. Past 55 hours, it drops so sharply that any additional hours become, in essence, pointless. And for those who logged up to 70 hours a week, well, they're achieving the same amount as those who stopped at 55. Alex Sujong Kim Pong, a Stanford scholar and author of Rest, Why You Get More Done When You Work Less, puts it like this. Busyness is not a means to accomplishment, but an obstacle to it. Now in his book, Pong challenges the common belief that we have to do more to be more. We tend to get caught up in the trap of defining ourselves by our work, dedication, and willingness to go the extra mile. But this mindset makes us believe that doing less and fostering peace of mind are barriers to success. But as Pong argues, the opposite is actually true. So what does this mean for us? It's about rethinking our approach to work and productivity. It's not about filling every minute with tasks. It's about prioritizing focusing on what's truly important and understanding that sometimes the best way to be more productive is to actually do less. Now, let's bust another popular myth, multitasking. It sounds efficient, right? Wrong. Imagine you're at a family gathering trying to cook dinner, help the kids with homework, and catch up on work emails all at the same time. Sure, you're doing it all, but are you giving each task the attention it deserves? Eh, Probably not. Cognitive psychology tells us 
that our mental bandwidth is like a spotlight. It can only shine brightly on one performance at a time. When we try to split the spotlight, like in multitasking, each task gets only a dim light. Stanford University studies underline this by showing that multitasking can reduce your productivity by as much as 40%. Neuroscience shows that we're not really multitasking, we're switch tasking, rapidly shifting our focus from one thing to another. And each shift comes with a cost, a loss in focus, quality, and efficiency. Now, true multitasking is only possible if two conditions are met. First, at least one of the tasks is so well learned that it's automatic, meaning that no focus or thought is necessary to engage in a task, like walking or eating. And second, the tasks involve two different types of brain processing. So, what's the alternative? Embrace monotasking. It's like focusing the spotlight on one performance, giving it your all. This approach allows for deeper focus and greater efficiency. It's not about the quantity of tasks completed, but the quality of your focus. Monotasking allows your brain to dive deeper and work more efficiently. But here's the kicker. Our brain is like a mischievous little monkey, often jumping from one thing to another. The key to productivity is training this monkey to focus on the task at hand. So how do we tame this monkey brain? Well, the answer lies in the five keys to unlocking peak performance. Now, this is a concept that I've developed based on my experience as a life coach and corporate consultant. Key number one is mindful planning. Dale Carnegie said, an hour of planning can save you 10 hours of doing. And according to the Harvard Business Review, even spending 10 minutes planning your day can save you hours of wasted time and effort. Now, this isn't just about scribbling tasks in a planner or setting reminders on your phone. It's about crafting your day with intention and awareness. Mindful planning starts with pausing and reflecting on what really matters. It's about asking, what are my priorities today? What deserves my focus? This isn't just about efficiency, it's about effectiveness. It's aligning your daily actions with your bigger goals and values. So how do we do this? First, start your day with a clear mind, maybe a short meditation or a mindfulness exercise. Then take those crucial 10 minutes or hour to plan your day. List out your task, sure, but also consider the why behind each one. Align them with your long-term goals and your core values. Remember, it's not about filling every minute with tasks. It's about choosing what gets your time and attention. And here's a bonus tip. Categorize your tasks. What's urgent? What's important? And what's not really either? This way, you're not just reacting to what's loudest. You're responding to what's truly significant. By practicing mindful planning, you're setting the stage for a day that's not just productive, but also meaningful and aligned with your personal and professional aspirations. It's like being the conductor of your own life symphony. You decide what pieces get played and when. Moving on to our second key to unlocking peak performance, 
let's talk about something that just might change the way you plan your day. It's all about understanding and working with your body's natural rhythms. In the 1960s, sleep researcher Nathaniel Kleitman made a groundbreaking discovery. Kleitman found what he called the basic rest activity cycle. It's a 90-minute rhythm that our bodies go through during sleep, cycling from light to deep sleep and back. But here's the kicker. This rhythm doesn't just stop when we wake up. During the day, our bodies operate on the same 90-minute cycle called a ultradian rhythm. We move from high to low alertness every hour and a half. Now, now just think about this. How often do you feel that afternoon slump or lose focus mid-task? Our body sends us signals, fidgeting, hunger, drowsiness, a drop in focus. But what do we tend to do? We usually ignore these natural cues. Instead, we reach for a cup of coffee or a sugary snack. We're essentially overriding our body's natural energy cycles with caffeine and stress hormones like adrenaline, noradrenaline, and cortisol. After pushing past that 90-minute mark without a break, we switch gears from a calm, parasympathetic state to a more stressed, sympathetic state, the classic fight, flight, or freeze mode. And here's something crucial. Relying on these stress hormones affects our brain especially the prefrontal cortex, which is critical for our clear thinking, decision-making, and seeing the big picture. When we're in this state, we become more reactive and less reflective. But let's turn to a solution. In his famous 1993 study of young violinist, performance researcher Andres Erickson found something very amazing. The best performers practice in a very specific way. They worked in three 90-minute sessions with breaks in between. Now, this wasn't just true for musicians. Erickson found the same pattern in athletes, chess players, and writers. So, what's the lesson here? To unlock peak performance, work with your body, not against it. Embrace the natural ebb and flow of your energy throughout the day. Try breaking your work into blocks of no more than 90 minutes with rest periods in between. You might just find yourself more focused, more creative, and less stressed. Now let's unlock the third key to peak performance, the art of saying no. This might sound simple, but it's one of the most powerful tools in our productivity arsenal. Saying no isn't just about turning down requests. It's about honoring your priorities and respecting your time and energy. In our quest to be productive, we often fall into the trap of saying yes to everything. But here's a truth bomb for you. You can't do it all. And more important, not everything deserves your time. The art of saying no is really about making conscious choices. It's about asking, does this align with my goals? Is this the best use of my time? Remember, every time you say no to something that's not important, you give yourself the space and ability to say yes to something that is. It's about making space for what truly matters. This isn't just a productivity hack. It's a way of living that respects your values, your goals, and your well-being. So how do you master this art? 
first, understand your priorities. What are your non-negotiables, both in your personal and your professional life? Then learn to filter requests and opportunities based on these priorities. Look, it's okay to take a moment to evaluate before you respond to a request. And remember, saying no doesn't have to be harsh or negative. It can be done with kindness and empathy. This is all about being honest and clear with your boundaries. And this is crucial, not just for your productivity, but for building healthy relationships at work and in life. So embrace the power of saying no. It is a testament to your commitment to your goals and a key to unlocking your true potential. When you're clear about what you want to say yes to, saying no becomes a lot easier. All right, let's move on to key number four, continuous learning and adaptation. In a world that's constantly changing, the ability to keep learning and adapt is not just a skill, it's a superpower. This key is about staying curious and being flexible in your approach to both work and life. Continuous learning is like adding tools to your toolbox. It's about expanding your skills, knowledge, and perspectives. It keeps your mind sharp and your ideas fresh. And adaptation? Well, that's about using the right tool at the right time. It's recognizing that what worked yesterday yeah, might not work today and being okay with that. The greatest minds and most successful individuals share this trait, a commitment to lifelong learning and an ability to pivot when needed. It's about embracing the Taoist philosophy of flowing with change, of being like water, adaptable, resilient, and powerful. So how can you incorporate continuous learning and adaptation into your daily routine? Well, start with setting aside time for learning, whether it's reading, taking a course, exploring a new hobby, or just listening to a podcast like this. Keep your brain engaged and hungry for knowledge. And when it comes to adaptation, practice flexibility in your thinking and actions. When faced with a challenge, ask yourself, is there a better way to do this? Be open to new methods, ideas, and viewpoints. Remember, the most adaptable species are the ones that survive and thrive. By committing to continuous learning and staying adaptable, you're not just staying relevant. You're staying ahead of the game. You're cultivating a mindset that's ready for anything. And that, my friend, is a key ingredient in the recipe for peak performance. Now, here we are at the fifth and final key to unlocking peak performance, reflective practice and review. Now, just think about it like a sports team reviewing game film after a match. It's not just about celebrating the touchdowns or the goals. It's about understanding the plays, the strategies, and the execution, both the good and the areas for improvement. And just like a coach analyzes game footage to identify strengths and weaknesses, we can apply the same principle to our lives. Reflective practice is about taking a step back, reviewing our game footage, our day-to-day -day actions and decisions, and learning from them. Top athletes and teams spend hours reviewing their performance. They dissect every play, understanding what contributed to their success and what led to their setbacks. This practice is crucial in refining skills, tweaking strategies, and preparing for future challenges. So how can you incorporate this into your routine? Now, at the end of the day or your week, 
take some time to reflect on your actions, much like a coach would review the game film. What were your winning plays? What strategies led to your goals? And where did you fumble? This isn't about dwelling on the past, but about learning from it to enhance your future performance. Remember, every great performer, whether it's in sports, music, or business, knows that growth comes from reflection and review. It's about consistently examining your performance, celebrating your progress, and identifying opportunities for improvement. By engaging in reflective practice and review, you're doing more than just looking back. You are strategizing for the future. It's the final crucial step in our journey toward peak performance, ensuring that every day is an opportunity to learn, grow, and improve. All right, now let's get practical. Here are four tools and exercises to boost your daily productivity. The first is the two-minute rule. Now, this is an easy one to apply. If a task takes less than two minutes to do, do it now. Now, this principle is backed by neuroscience, and it helps prevent our small task from piling up. Next is the Pomodoro technique. Now, this technique relates to our ultradian rhythms. This technique is all about managing your energy. Simply work for 25 minutes and then take a five minute break. Using this technique helps in maintaining our focus and preventing burnout. And speaking of taking breaks, that comes to our next point, mindfulness breaks. Incorporate short mindfulness exercises throughout your day to keep your mind sharp and clear. Just a quick breathing exercise or a moment of gratitude can work wonders. And if you need some creative approaches to mindfulness, be sure to check out my book, Mindfulness Secrets, 90 Ways in 90 Days. Now, here's my absolute favorite technique. It is a powerful concept from Gary Keller's book, The One Thing. Keller suggests that the key to productivity is found in focusing on the activity with the highest impact. It's about asking ourselves this question. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Now, this mindset shifts our focus from being busy to being productive. In a world that often glorifies the busy badge, it's a revolutionary concept to focus on just one high-impact activity at a time. This approach aligns beautifully with our discussion on monotasking. When you channel your efforts into your one thing, you're not just working smarter, you're also creating space for innovation, creativity, and well-being. And do you remember our discussion on mindful planning in key one? Well, this is where it all comes together, identifying your one thing during your planning session. Make it a priority and structure your day around it. You will be amazed at how the single focus can transform your productivity and your clarity. And here's the kicker. Your one thing may not be the biggest task on your list. Sometimes it's the small stuff that we tend to overlook that can actually set us up for the bigger wins. It's like a line of dominoes. It only takes one small action to create a huge chain reaction. 
So embrace these tools and remember Keller's wisdom. In the pursuit of productivity, less can indeed be more when it's the right less. Focus on what matters most and watch as the rest falls into place. So as you wrap things up for today, let's zoom out a bit and look at the bigger picture. Embracing productivity as a lifestyle. When we talk about productivity as a lifestyle, it's not just about doing more. It's about being more. It's about cultivating a mindset where productivity is seamlessly integrated into our daily routines, our decisions, and our interactions. It's about weaving the principles of productivity into the very fabric of our lives, making them as natural and habitual as our morning cup of coffee. So how do we embody this lifestyle? Well, start by applying the five keys in your daily life. Make mindful planning a habit, not an afterthought. Listen to your body's rhythms and respect your energy cycles. Learn to say no to distractions and yes to focused efforts. Keep your mind sharp with continuous learning and stay adaptable. And don't forget to reflect regularly, like a coach reviewing those game tapes. By embracing productivity as a lifestyle, we're not just crossing tasks off a list. You're crafting a life that's rich, fulfilling, and aligned with your deepest values. It's about thriving, not just surviving. And there you have it. We've explored the landscape of productivity from the micro strategies to the macro mindset. Remember, productivity is a journey, not a destination. It's an art and a science. And above all, it's a way of being. And that, my friend, is how we embrace productivity as a lifestyle. It's not just about doing more. It's about being more, more engaged, more balanced, and more fulfilled. So let's make productivity our ally in the new year. And always remember, it is what it is, but becomes what you make it. So make it great. Thanks for tuning in. Before we wrap up, I just want to remind you that the information shared in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional advice or treatment. While the content of this podcast is based on research and personal experience, everyone's situation is unique and the advice given may not be applicable to all. Always consult a qualified professional before making significant changes in your life. The Personal Mastery and Growth Podcast is recorded at the So Good Media Studios located in the Candy Factory, a co-working space in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. 